Hello and welcome to our Maritime Impact Podcast series. I'm your host, Eric Nyhus, Director Environment for Maritime at DNB. In previous episodes of this second series, we've examined the key shipping regulators and the goals and requirements of major maritime nations when it comes to greenhouse gas politics. As always on Maritime Impact, we will continue to ask how these developments may affect shipping businesses in the move towards a decarbonized future. In this episode, we will focus on the latest meeting of the IMO's Marine Environmental Protection Committee, MEPC 77, and its implications for shipping. We hope you enjoy the episode, and now on to the show. MEPC 77 was held in the wake of COP26, and while views on the outcome of the global event in Glasgow differ, there was an expectation amongst many that it could encourage more rapid decision-making at MEPC, and lead to more ambitious greenhouse gas reduction targets and quicker decisions on the next generation of greenhouse gas regulations. As those of you who listened to the previous episode of Maritime Impact are aware, DNV did not really share those expectations. But before we get into what actually happened, we need to set the scene and look back at the last couple of years for the IMO. Back in 2018, the IMO established its greenhouse gas strategy and also agreed that this would be reviewed and potentially revised in 2023. Since then, the MEPC has established a work plan for mid and long term measures, the next set of greenhouse gas regulations, where key decisions will also be made in 2023. With the adoption of the EEXI, the CII, and the SEMP at MEPC 76, the IMO has now really started to focus on these longer-term issues. MEPC 77 was therefore supposed to be more about the free and frank exchange of views on IMO greenhouse gas goals and associated future regulations, than about making decisions that some would see as being premature. In essence, this would keep the consensus-based process on track. Importantly, MEPC 77 was not all about greenhouse gases. After almost two years of COVID restrictions, MEPC has seen the backlog of non-GHG issues steadily increase. It was hoped that the latest meeting would reduce the size of the backlog somewhat. However, with the originally scheduled two days of greenhouse gas discussions turning into three full days, this also became a challenge. So with this stage set, let's dig into the details. Highlighting the urgency and political pressures felt by many in the wake of COP26, a resolution text was proposed ahead of MEPC 77, calling for full decarbonization of shipping by 2050. Despite significant support for this goal, the proposal did not get sufficient support. There were various views expressed, ranging from concerns that the proposal was premature in light of the existing agreement to revise the strategy in 2023, through to questions about equity for developing nations not being adequately addressed. Others simply disagreed with the goal itself. Maybe most importantly, and as was pointed out by many, the reactions demonstrated how challenging it would be to reach consensus and that the time at MEPC 77 would be better spent actually working on the mid- and long-term measures. However, the discussions that followed over these measures did not turn into tangible decisions. The one proposal on the table for a $100 per ton CO2 bunker levy was simply bundled into the broader discussions over the pros and cons of market-based measures for further consideration down the road. Along with views being expressed on bunker levies and emission trading schemes, 
there was also positioning from some of the major players on proposals for a different kind of mechanism, a fuel greenhouse gas standard. The idea of imposing some kind of limit on the greenhouse gas footprint of fuels maybe along lines similar to the EU's fuel EU maritime proposal, did see a lot of support in principle. Still, clear proposals, preferably including legal text, need to be submitted before MEPC can get to the point of digging deep into the actual design features of such a regulation. MEPC 77 also continued discussions from MEPC 76 on the industry proposal for an International Maritime Research Fund, the IMRF. As discussed in a previous episode, this proposal is about collecting a $2 per ton fuel bunker levy, roughly $5 billion over a 10-year period, and then using that money to support research, development, and deployment of green shipping technology. While there has been support for this, there has also been pushback. The decision by MEPC 77 was to yet again send a proposal to the next meeting for further discussion, but this time with a twist. It is now to be seen as a proposal for a mid- or long-term measure, not a short-term one. It's a seemingly innocuous relabeling, but the consequence is that it now becomes bundled with the other proposals and decisions to be made in 2023. My take on it is that the IMRF is now on life support at best. Some design elements may be lifted into a broader market-based measure, but as a standalone regulation, the IMRF is unlikely to see the light of day. Finally, proposals for amending the IMO data collection system to both cater for greater transparency and to facilitate other carbon intensity indicators were kicked down the road to MEPC 78. The meeting simply ran out of time. MEPC will continue the discussion over both the strategy and potential regulation on greenhouse gases at several meetings next year, and there is hope that we will see increasing convergence as we head into 2023. And in the meantime, the MEPC will continue its work on finalizing the guidelines for the regulations adopted at MEPC 76. The CII and the SEMP guidelines are presently in progress in the correspondence group set to conclude in March, with approval expected at MEPC 78. Also, work on the life cycle analysis guidelines will continue both at an upcoming intersessional meeting in March and at sessions of the MEPC itself. We hope to see this finalized in 2022, though we would not be surprised to see this also slide into 2023. At the end of the day, with respect to greenhouse gases, MEPC 77 was more about exchanging and clarifying views than about making hard decisions. But importantly, the meeting did reaffirm the IMO's commitment to revising the strategy and agreeing on new regulations in 2023. And while we did not see the sometimes soaring rhetoric of COP26 lead directly to tangible outcomes, neither did we see the IMO greenhouse gas process go off the rails. And frankly speaking, that's not a bad outcome. As should be abundantly clear by now, greenhouse gases were yet again the focus of MEPC. But MEPC 77 did actually manage to make some decisions on other matters as well. Without going into too much detail on these, I'd like to mention a couple of highlights. Firstly, a resolution was agreed over the use of distillates or other cleaner fuels or technologies to reduce emissions of black carbon in or near the Arctic. 
As a voluntary measure, it remains to be seen what kind of impact it will have, but it is certainly a very clear policy signal both to member states and to shipping itself. Secondly, the guidelines on the exhaust gas cleaning systems were revised. And finally, we have the analysis of data from the experience building phase on ballast water management underway. You can find more information on all of these and other topics in our technical regulatory newsletter, available at dnv.com. So what are the key takeaways from MEPC 77? Most importantly, when it comes to greenhouse gases, the MEPC remains on track for revising the greenhouse gas strategy and agreeing new regulations in 2023. While there is no agreement yet on how far the level of ambition will be raised, nor on exactly what regulations will be added, there is no doubt that the political pressure and temperature has ramped up in the aftermath of COP26. We expect this to only increase as we approach a 2023 decision point. Additionally, MEPC still has a lot of catch-up work to do on non-greenhouse gas issues. The hope is that the IMO will be able to get back to physical meetings in the first half of 2022. If so, the work capacity will increase significantly, both for greenhouse gases and for non-greenhouse gas matters. Before I go, I want to let you know that we have a new online hub called Decarbonize Shipping, where you can find information on key drivers and regulations, as well as on the different pathways to reducing emissions. It's worth checking it out at dnv.com forward slash decarbonize hyphen shipping to get a clear overview of the complex nature of decarbonization. As always, DNV stands ready to assist. You've been listening to the Maritime Impact Podcast from DNV with me, Eric Nyhus. Please join us next year for the third season of this podcast. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to give us a rating or review. Thank you for listening.